Welcome to the River Life Podcast. As you listen, we pray that you will encounter Jesus and allow His words to wash you anew. May He reveal more of who He is to your heart. Here's the message for this week. So we thank God that uh, the last Saturday, we had a fantastic youth, a young adult gathering at the Victory Chapel. And Chun Singh, uh, he was speaking last Saturday night, and he, had, he called the young adults last Saturday to repentance. It was an amazing time, and we were seeing 200 young adults, and many of them came forward and repented of various sin, dysfunction in, in personal lives. And that must have done something. The Holy Spirit has done something because in the camp that we were in, uh, Pastor Tony was there. I think Sam, you were there. Elder Ian, Charmaine Diner, you were there. Uh, and, and, and some of you were there. And we saw the camp uh, on Friday we arrived. Thank God there was no jam. And so the Lord was moving even since last Saturday. So on Friday we arrived in JB. And the afternoon session, so Josh and Chen Singh were interviewing a panel, you saw the photo just now, and, and there were five young adult panelists, some of your children were there, and they were sharing their hearts, and, and they just were so authentic about singlehood, uh, struggles with career, sexuality, struggles with relationships, and that, I, I felt, kind of broke the ice for the whole camp. But remember, last Saturday, it was happening already. And so in the afternoon, then, and then we had a breakout session after the panel. And you could see um, the inter-cell group discussions. Some of the people in our church don't know anyone beyond their cell group. And so the camp groups were designed to help our young adults meet people beyond their cell groups. So in the afternoon, there was this discussion, and I could see the Holy Spirit moving. And night time came, and Chen Sing and Josh were also facilitating, and, and then so Dada and I were, were uh, answering their questions, and you could see in the night session, the hearts were so ready. I've never seen a camp that peaks on the first day. I mean, we've been doing camps for, for 30, 40 years, right? Camps always first gear on first day. And normally second day, it begins to warm up, but second night during the interview, panel people were crying already. So what happened was after this panel interview, then we had worship. And in the morning, Josh said that the worship was the final 10% because the whole day and Saturday last week, the Lord, Lord was moving. So it was quite a powerful time. And, and then this morning, uh, yesterday morning or Saturday morning, then Josh spoke a powerful message about um, the wilderness of communion. And then, then after that, then there was breakout again. Then people were crying again. And the Holy Spirit was doing a special and a tender and a gentle work since last week and, and throughout the camp. And so we had to leave last night, some of us, because we come back to prepare for this service here. And we had, uh, last night there was a session and today final session there as well. So we, we pray that the Lord will do something special in the hearts of our children, of our young adults. Amen? Amen. And so today we are back here with all of you on the final part of our series, The Prevailing Church. We are focusing on the first five chapters of the book of Acts. And today is our fifth week on this series, and the final week as well. And last week, we heard about Ananias and Sapphira. And, and it was such a powerful time when the Holy Spirit moved in that church, that up to this point in the story, they were just still talking, did you hear what happened last week? And then so, so we are in this story here, and they were still talking about it. And so my message today is titled, Unstoppable. And I, I wonder what you think when you think about the word unstoppable. Is it like a bull elephant in full stride running? You cannot stop it. Or maybe a lorry on top of Mount Faber, the handbrake is gone. And somehow the lorry is moving down faster and faster and it's unstoppable. Or is it a runaway train? You can't stop it. But the word unstoppable here refers to the gospel. The work and the word of God. That you cannot stop it. And I, and I think about River Life Church. Where are we as a church? 
are we seeing the gospel in our lives and in our church being unstoppable? Like a ray, like, like the male bull elephant that's running at full speed. Like the lorry coming down Mount Faber without handbrakes or the runaway train. How will River Life become all that we have called to become? How will you and your children become all that God has called you to become? Because I know River Life, I know River Lifers, we love to see people who don't know Jesus come to know Jesus. River Lifers, we love to see the Holy Spirit move in the hearts of people to draw multitudes to the kingdom of God. We, we want to see God move in a revival and, and that in our life, in our church, in our community. And in the story today, after Elder Young Sermon last week on holiness and purity, today we see a revival in the book of Acts. And please hear God's word. And would you stand together with me, please, and hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, individually and to our church. Acts 5, 12-16. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them. If, this is because of the previous week. Even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, Revival happened. More and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. And as a result, people brought the sick into the streets. Remember Jesus' time? Same thing happening here. And laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem. The first mention in Acts about the ministry of God beyond Jerusalem. Bringing their sick from around, outside Jerusalem and those tormented by evil spirits and all of them were healed. Father, we thank you for your word. We are challenged by your word and we see that what you are doing through the Holy Spirit in the early church was unstoppable. And Lord, what you started in the Gospels continued in the book of Acts. It is unstoppable. And we, we look at ourselves. We look at our church and where we are and where you have called us to be. And we realize there's a challenge and that we need to awake to our destiny and to our calling. And this word speaks to us and it challenges us. And we pray, Lord, today that one word from heaven can change our lives, cause us to stay focused and pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us as a church and to each one of us individually. Lord, you are miraculous. You can speak to all 800 of us simultaneously, all at the same time, specifically into our hearts, even in JB as well, our young adults there. And Lord, speak to us this morning in Singapore, even in JB. A specific word that we encounter the risen Christ and that the gospel will be unstoppable in our lives and through our lives. We thank you and we praise you. And all of us say, Amen. Please be seated. The move of the Holy Spirit here is what we need in River Life. This is the revival that we need in our lives and in our church. A declaration and a demonstration of the gospel. This passage is also a turning point. After the revival here, there is persecution. Because the power base is at the temple. The, the Jerusalem temple is the center of religious, economic, social, and even political power. You upset the temple, nobody is happy. Everyone is unhappy. And in Acts chapter 4, when Josh preached about two, three weeks ago, they were already unhappy. And persecution is coming. Both then and also to us, because we're in the end times. 
still they gathered, the Bible says, risking the wrath of the temple back in the days. And for us as a church, prophetically, we're in the last days in God's calendar. We are preparing for the end time persecution as well. So we are seeing a pattern in the book of Acts. The church will boldly proclaim the gospel and heal. And here's the thing. But we live in Singapore, not in Jerusalem. Our education system is a closed system. It's a reductionist system. It's a natural system. There's no talk of supernatural or miracles. So how are we supposed to handle this scripture? Is it just a good historical piece for the early church? Or do we as Christians, as charismatic, Pentecostal, Bible-believing Christians, just hedge when we pray? Oh, Father, heal this person if it's your will. If not, let him die. Like we hedge our prayers. So we, we, we win either way. Or do we just believe this, but don't practice this? Because of doubt. What if it doesn't happen, right? So, I believe that this scripture actually is not that it's like that and we are taught in school like that. I believe the scripture speaks into our situation. And this scripture is timely for where we are as a church. And so unstoppable is the word of God for our season. I didn't know, we didn't know when we planned the X series that we'd be here today, right before a season of prayer and fasting, asking the Lord to revive us. We didn't know that. But that's how the Lord prepared our hearts. And, and His Word is preparing us as well. And this scripture speaks into us. It speaks into our situation. It's a timely word for you and I. So the first thing about the unstoppable work and word of God, the first thing is that there is no such thing as ordinary when God is present. No such thing. God was present in the early church. And, and through the many miracles, in verse 12, it's not miracles, it's many. Somebody say many. Many. He was, God, through the many miracles, was telling the church that I am continuing the work of the gospel in and through the early church. And he was real in the church. I was in the Changi airport a few days ago and I saw, you know, some people have a long leg and short leg or they crooked back and they walk and they walk like this. I saw a woman that was walking in such a contorted way that my heart shrank. And my heart felt like, Lord, if only we can pray for this lady and, and pray for healing. And so that's the kind of thing that sometimes I, I, I look and I feel and I pray and I say, Lord, we are not where we are supposed to be. And we need to wake up and to rise up and to become the end-time ready church they were supposed to become. So in verse 12, the NIV, which I just read from, we, I always use NIV, uh, the other translations, I think for verse 12, is better for verse 12. And I, I want to quote New King James Version, verse 12. Uh, there, is a, there is a word that's missing. And through the hands of the apostles. The next slide, please. There's the conjunction called and, A-N-D. And, and connects the revival in Acts 5, 12, 16 to the cleansing in Acts 1, 11. That's the conjunction. That's the word that connects this, this text to the earlier text. That's why we have to preach exposition, right? To know the Bible in context. So, and, so God did this and then this happened. So that's the key word, and. So this word, and, Luke, the writer, tells the reader what's happening in Acts 5.12, the revival, is linked to what happened in Acts 5, 1 to 11, the cleansing, the purifying, the holiness thing that we spoke about last Sunday. So the revival here is a result of God 
purifying the church. So River Life, God is not afraid to do what is difficult, to wake up the church into fulfilling its purpose. And as the church, we desire God to be present. And as a church, we want God to be present in our homes, in our cell groups, in our businesses, in our relationships. And as we ask for more of God, for God to be present and nothing is like ordinary, realize that God is holy. The next slide, please. God is holy. He wants our hearts. He wants all of us. Listen, if you are struggling with sin, with evil, with darkness, there are things in your life that you're hiding from your spouse, from your leaders, from your cell members, and you think nobody knows. I want to tell you that there is nobody in River Life that has not struggled with sin before. There is no one here that has regretted the things we've done in the past. We've all regretted. And we all hate the things we used to do in the past. But you and I need to come clean before God. Ananias and Sapphira pretended to be pure. Listen. Come clean before God. Be pure in our heart, in our speech, in our behavior. And if we are pure, the Lord can do a mighty thing in our hearts, in our homes, in our church, in our business, in all our relationships. So we pray, God, do a great work in our lives. And remember the word end. God did a great work. And before that, he cleaned house. And like the YA camp, Last Saturday, there was a repentance. And this weekend in the camp, there is something stirring. There's an awakening in the camp. And so as we ask for God, more of God, we realize God is holy. We need to come clean before Him. The other thing is that God answers prayers. The disciples prayed for God's word. Uh, this, is, this was uh, Joshua's sermon. Uh, was it two weeks ago? And that God would, would proclaim the word through the church in a bold way. And that, that God would pour out miracles so that there'd be people being saved. That, that was the prayer in Acts 4. And listen to their prayer in Acts chapter 4, verses 29 and 30. I, I think it was Joshua who preached this one. Lord, consider their threats, the temple, and enable your servants to proclaim, to speak your word with great boldness. They were praying like this. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. That's the prayer. And this chapter is the answer. But after purification, after they came clean, so God answered their prayer. And then so God accomplished bold proclamation of the gospel and also poured out miracles. Why? Not for an experience. He gave bold proclamation and bold miracles for salvation, for a revival. It's not for an experience. Earlier this year, our staff team scheduled a prayer walk in Tampines North. And, and because uh, Tampines North is a new residential area, if you show the map, please. And this Tampines North is a new residential area, and this area is one-fifth the size of Tampines, with 21,000 new homes. Estimated 100,000 people are going to move in to Tampines North. So we, we scheduled, um, the, the calendar was crazy and everyone's having retreats and camps and everything. And the only date we had was 30th of May, which was a Tuesday. So on 30th of May, the staff team divided into eight different teams to go and pray for this new residential estate. There's one-fifth, the whole town of Tampines, 
21,000 homes. Some have moved in, some are moving in, some will move in in the future, next few years. And so the eight teams went. Let's show the photos of the, of the, the eight teams, please. Uh, we only have team, uh, photos of the three teams. I think Chen Sings, uh, there's two teams in the left photo. There's one team on the right photo. The rest uh, didn't have photos with uh, the Tampines North names. And so eight teams went out and we began praying, began interceding. The Lord would move in Tampines North, even though uh, only some had moved in and some are still moving in. And, and I'm on this point because God answers prayers. And suddenly, when we landed the eight teams in Tampines North from Passiways, our office is here in the, in, in the building here, we realized that 30th of May, Tuesday, was just two days after Pentecost Sunday, where everyone was anointed with oil. I want to ask you, how many of you were anointed with oil on Pentecost Sunday? Please raise your hands. Raise your hands, high up. Maybe 80, 90% of you. And we realized this is like, wow, only the Lord could have planned this. On Sunday, everyone was anointed with oil. And two days later, we went out and prayed and claimed this land. So I want to pray today for those of you who are staying in Tampines North. Uh, could you please stand up? And those who are moving in Tampines, please stand up. We're going to pray for you. Oh, young adults. Oh, they enjoy- oh <laughs> I see. Okay. okay, so we have one, we have two, three, four. How, how many more who are moving in? Maybe not, not right now, but you're moving in future. Okay, so I, I'm told that many of them are in JB right now. <laughs> okay, young families. Father, I pray for all our, our people who are staying in Tampines North and, and those who are moving in. And Lord, you, you are holy and you answer prayer. And we pray for this new section of Tampines one-fifth of the whole of Tampines, 21,000 homes. And we pray for the work of the Holy Spirit that is unstoppable. We pray for our members who are living here. Lord, give them favour among the residents. We pray, Lord, in this uninhabited, newly inhabited area, and to be inhabited area, Lord, that you will sprout cell groups. You will sprout, Lord, works of God that's going to cause bring people to turn to you and, Lord, to be healed and to be saved. And Lord, work through our people who are here standing up, here and also in JB as well. We pray in Jesus' name. All of us say, Amen. Amen. Wow. <laughs> what a day to pray for Tampines North. <laughs> okay. uh, we'll pray again next Sunday, okay? God's church, God is not just holy. He doesn't just answer prayers. But God's church is one. Somebody say one. So an event like last Sunday could have divided the church. People could have taken sides. Wow, you know, God, uh, the leaders are so strict, you know. Cannot even tell lies. And then, and then, where's the grace? And then some people say, wow, God, uh, the leaders are so lenient. Die only, you know. Should be the, the parents should die, the kids, everyone should die. You know, whenever something happens, right, you, have, you have those who are very, very uh, strict and they, they want even, even worse things to happen. And, and, and you see, it, it could, could, could be, but they, they didn't. They were not fleshly. They were not murmuring. They continued to be one. They gathered regularly. I, I think it was Pastor Lionel's sermon for worship, for fellowship, teaching, breaking of bread, before the Ananias affair incident. And after the incident, they continued to gather regularly. And so this oneness, this unity is crucial for God to work because oneness attracts the presence of God. We cannot backbite. We cannot act like the devil and expect to see the power of God. We cannot create division and expect to see the power of God. We cannot speak slander and expect healing. We cannot act in the spirit of Lucifer and want to see the power of the Holy Spirit. And so oneness attracts the presence of God. Unity attracts the presence of God. 
So I, I want to give you um, verse 12, the message translation. And, and then the Bible says that uh, they all met regularly. They all met regularly. And for those who are watching live stream, we are asking you to come and join us in person. Many of you have come back. And not to join us. I know some people have this habit right now. They come to service once a month in person and three times at home. But what I see in Scripture is they gathered regularly. And this is an expression of this oneness. So any church today that's obedient will see the supernatural in their midst. Any church that is walking in holiness, in prayerfulness and oneness, is going to attract the supernatural, the presence of God. We cannot walk in the spirit of Lucifer and expect the power of God. We cannot talk and gossip and slander and hope to see miracles. We need to walk in the spirit of God, in prayerfulness, in holiness, and in oneness, to attract the presence of God. There's no such thing as ordinary when God is present. He is unstoppable. And God's power was attracted here through the holiness, through the prayerfulness, and through the oneness. The second truth we see in Scripture here is that miracles, it doesn't lead to just an experience it doesn't lead to like my hair standing up, but miracles lead to salvation. You see, this follow salvations follow miracles. People follow miracles to see it, but the truth is that miracles follow salvations. In verses 13 and 14, God was authenticating, God was confirming his work and his word with miracles. And you know what? He was the miracles. The miracle is to crack open the hard hearts of people who are not looking at Jesus. The hearts are hardened and miracles crack open the hardened hearts. And people now pay attention. They're looking at Jesus and they're coming to Jesus. The pattern of Acts is for a movement in salvation that begins with a miracle combined with proclamation. Miracle, proclamation. That's why they pray, God, we pray for bold proclamation and the outpouring of miracles. And then these two leads to salvation. And this is the 17th time in Acts. This is happening here. So there are different responses to the revival here. And, and the, first, the first response is some didn't want to be part of this revival. In verse 13. I mean, they could see the kingdom power in healing. But also kingdom power in discipline and disobedience. I mean, they were attracted, but they were afraid. You see, what happened with Ananias and Sapphira is that God has cancelled this casual commitment. I, I want to be a Christian, yet I want to have my flings with the world. You know, this part-time lover thing. So the Ananias and Sapphira has cancelled out this casual, middle-of-the-road mid-temple, middle-class Christianity. It's cancelled it out. Jesus loves us fully and he wants us to love him all in. Go all in. Love him with all. We're not perfect by any means, but the Lord wants us to love him with all our hearts, all our strength, all our mind. We're not perfect, but we just say, Lord, I'm an average person. Help me to follow you with all my heart. I don't want to be a part-time Christian. Since I'm a Christian, I want to be a, a real one, not a fake one. So the Ananias Sapphira has cancelled out casual Christianity. This middle of the road, mid-tempo, like, like not here, not there, that kind of thing. And it's all in. All in. So, so the, the first thing is some didn't want, didn't want this. They said, no, I'm voting my feet. I'm not part of this. And, and, and I, 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 I don't want to live repentant lives. I don't want to live under authority. I just want to do my own thing, man. And, and the, the other response is that, God, I'm all in. I'm not perfect. You know, I've got all these issues with my life. 
but I desire to follow you. No, I struggle with so many things in my life. I desire to follow you. I, I really want to. Some days, I don't, I don't feel like it, but help me with my unbelief. A revival broke out that day in verse 14. Those who refused to repent left. And the revival broke out. The Spirit of God kept moving with power. And people began to respond to the moving of the Holy Spirit. People were coming to Jesus, both men and women. The first time mentioned of women in the gospel. The gospel is liberating and not oppressive. And so women came to know Jesus. Men came to know Jesus, boys and girls. When God's power is moving through, people are going to get saved because God wants to add children to his home. Kids that are not, not in the home yet. And so, when I read this, I say, God, I, I, I want to be hungry for the move of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I want to see more people coming to Jesus with tears, with tears as Jesus wash away their sin and their guilt because they come clean to Jesus. Maybe you're thinking, you know, hey, pastor, I've never seen a dramatic miracle. In fact, uh, I haven't seen a healing for a very long time in my life. Because in Singapore, you get sick, right? You go and see GP. In fact, some of us see specialists all the time. I want to introduce a couple from River Life, a very ordinary couple, an everyday couple in River Life that has been believing the Lord for proclamation and demonstration for declaration of the gospel and for demonstration of the gospel. And in River Life, I, I've heard about their story for some time already and I felt today is the time for us to hear their story as well. Would you? And, and I just met their daughter at the YA camp actually yesterday and now, now the parents are going to share the testimony. Would you welcome Lillian and Johnson to our... our <laughs> yeah. Let's welcome Johnson and Lillian. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Indeed, we serve a God of signs and wonder and a God of miracles. I bring you greetings in Jesus' most powerful name. My name is Johnson and this is my wife Lillian. We are here to share our evangelism through lake alignment. She will start the sharing first. <laughs> Hello everyone. I experienced healing when someone offered to check my leg and prayed over it to lengthen in alignment. That opened my eyes when my short leg grew. I was surprised, excited, and an undeniable miracle just happened. I remember going home and exclaiming to my family that God is real. I was so excited. I have to tell them God is real. Amen. Yeah. And sharing with them what God did for me. I realized that this was a good tool to evangelize. It demonstrates God's healing power and offers an opportunity for the recipient to know the creator, to acknowledge him, to thank him, and receive him as Lord and Savior. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given. Be bold and courageous. Some things are not taught, but caught. For example, our cell leader, younger son, caught what he experienced and immediately prayed for someone's leg to align. God is no respecter of a person. Young and old can do it. Amen. With that, we partner God in his healing miracles wherever we go. One day, Lillian and I were at Giant Tampanese while unloading our groceries an egg fell and cracked on the floor. A staff from Giant told us we could do an exchange, and Lillian went to do it. I took this opportunity to talk to the staff and realized that he had some issues with the leg. He allowed me to check on it and pray to align his leg. 
By faith, I command his leg to lengthen in Jesus' name. And he did. He got up to walk and confirmed that, yes, amen, that pain has gone and ability to walk improved. After this, I remind him that Jesus is the one who heal you. I share the gospel with him and he received Jesus as his Lord and Savior that yes. day. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Another hearing makers happen when we have the opportunity to share the gospel as well as to pray and adjust and align the legs of a brother who regularly play table tennis in our church. He was excited to experience healing. And it led him to accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Amen. Where else can we expect God to do miracles? At work, at Pastor's Park, locally, or even overseas whenever we meet people? Yes. How can we be expectant of God to do miracles? There's no formula, only a heart that desires to reach out with or without prompting of the Holy Spirit. We simply step out in faith to meet someone's needs daily. The Spirit of God lives in you and me. We have to let Him do His work through us, His disciple. We encourage you to minister God's power and share the gospel with someone too. And see how faith can move mountains in Jesus' name. Before we end the testimony, I would like to share you a video of God's healing miracle that lengthened the legs of a man we pray for. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Johnson and Lillian. Praise the Lord for your lives and ministry. From your story, I've realized it is easier to proclaim the gospel after it's been demonstrated. So thank you for encouraging us and inspiring us with your testimony. I, I want to once again give glory to God through their lives and other river lifers who are faithfully proclaiming the gospel and praying for the sick. Let's give God a big hand. Amen. And here is the challenge for all of us in River Life. James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. This is the Ananias of Fire. And pray for each other that you may be healed. So this is a scripture that speaks to all of us. In 1 Corinthians 12, some of us have the gift of healing. Not all of us. And others a gift of miracles. But all of us in James 5 are supposed to pray for healing. Somebody say all. So when, G when Scripture says pray for healing, I pray. Jesus wants to do the stuff, wants us to do the stuff that he did. So I want to encourage you, pray for the sick. Remember, you were anointed on the 28th of May. You were anointed already. So go forth and pray for those who are not feeling well, for those who are sick. And, and pray that God give us boldness to proclaim and boldness for healing as well, for all of us. The purpose for proclamation and declaration of the gospel is so that men and women, boys and girls, can come to know Jesus. Because miracles lead to healing. Somebody say amen. The third spiritual truth is that it's for us to act out of expectation and faith. Early on with the scripture, don't operate in doubt. Don't live by fear. So in verses 15 and 16, the Bible says that they place people on the streets 
So Peter's shadow can heal them, but the Bible did not say that the shadow did heal anybody, but that was the expectation of the people. That if Peter was, was like not, not here, at least his shadow can heal somebody. That was the expectation. That was the faith. And these were, some of them were non-Christians. So, but this does show us the momentum and, and the, the belief of the people, the hunger, the thirst for the things of God. It shows us the spreading of the unstoppable gospel in the early church that even ordinary people hear about what's happening and that God is amazing and that God does amazing things. And, and the people, some of the non-Christians, are treating the Christians like the way they treat Jesus. In the Gospels, where Jesus walked past, they put the, 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 the lepers, all the sick, next to Jesus. But now, Jesus has ascended and it's his disciples. And they're doing the same thing. They're saying that these people have been with Jesus. At least if you put it there, the shadow might even heal them. That is the momentum, the hunger, and the thirst for the things of God, for the supernatural. And, and, and people were convinced of the reality of Jesus. So when you pray, when I pray, we need to have this kind of expectation, this kind of faith. There was so, you know, e- even the non-Christians say, man, you know, those Christians, they really move in the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, they were saying that, actually, I don't believe, but they believe. <laughs> let's, let's, bring, let's bring it all thing. Okay, so where, where were we? Get, getting too excited. Getting too, too excited. So, so here, we expect Jesus to heal. God is not just holy. God doesn't just answer prayers. But God loves us. And God is compassionate. The lady at Changi Airport that was walking like that, God has compassion on them. So Jesus loves them and He loves to heal people. And, and Luke wrote in verses 15-16, they were all healed. I've never been in a meeting where every single one was healed. Never. But because the Bible says it, I want to believe this. Because if God did it here, He can do it again. Somebody say amen. So whether He chooses to, to heal the person in an amazing way, like we saw in the video, or He wants to heal in an ordinary way, or even through physicians, that's fine. But expect the Lord to do something. Expect Him that He will bring us from one degree of glory to another until He returns. And so we pray for the sick and expect that God still does miracles. And and this is the, the scripture here. So Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He came to destroy the work of the enemy, including viruses and bacteria. And that we are continuing to seek and save the lost. And we're not alone. Jesus is filling us with His presence and continue filling us with His presence. You were anointed with the Holy Spirit. Uh, That's all symbol of Holy Spirit. And that's why when 800 people here are filled with the Holy Spirit, always being filled with the Holy Spirit, we are moving in faith, moving in the Holy Spirit. That's why we will do greater things. In John 14, 12, I tell you the truth. Whoever has faith in me will do what I've been doing to seek and save the lost and will do even greater things. The 2,000 in River Life, walking up, waking up, rising up to the gospel is unstoppable. And the Lord will continue His work through His church. Remember the bull elephant in full stride. Remember the lorry down Mount Faber. Remember the runaway train. And how do we see miracles in our lives? The first thing is pray. Pray for more. God, I pray for a bold declaration. I pray for an outpouring of miracles. Last year, in April 26, 2022, was when Singapore, in the third year of COVID, began relaxing and allowed two persons to visit in a hospital at any one time. And in 26 April last year, 
I remember this day distinctly because it was a Tuesday. And we had a guest speaker for the staff devotion. So my wife and I were scheduled to pick up this guest speaker for our staff devotion. So we, we rushed off in the morning and we went to fetch this guy and went to, to our devotions. And so devotions ends about 11 o'clock and then our phone rings. It's our daughter. She says, Mom and Dad, are you, are you able to talk? And we say, yeah. She says, are you both sit down? Can you please, please sit down? Because I have something serious to share with you. And we say, so what, what's wrong? So we both sat, sat down. She says, uh, we are in St. Kang Hospital and Daniel, our son, is in a high dependency ward. And, and uh, then we were shocked. And so, so we had just finished the staff devotions and then we are like, she said, this morning when I was going to work, that time in Elder Young's office, I was going to work and then something stopped me. I went to my brother's room to say, how are you? She opened the door, he was on the floor. His body was cold. And, and so my daughter calmly called for an ambulance and they came. Four of them, two experienced paramedics, two interns. And they asked my son, who was um, in the days, what is your name? He couldn't really, really say. And they asked him, where are you? He couldn't say as well. And they brought him to A&E straight away. So she told that story. So obviously he wanted to leave at 11, go to the hospital. But we couldn't because Deborah was already there in the hospital. Two at one time and she was the main contact. And so that day, uh, so my wife and I kind of panicked a bit. And uh, so we had lunch with this guest speaker and, and the staff team and all that. And our hearts were, were not really in the staff. Uh, and and so, so long story, uh, after lunch, we were rushing to Sekang Hospital from Pasiris. And Deborah calls us on the phone, you cannot come because you cannot come in. We're still in A&E. They, they don't know what's wrong with, with Daniel to know what, what to put him. So long story short, we had to go home, the two of us. We went back to our, our apartment and, and there were the, the, the st- not stretcher, the um, stretcher with the wheels, the marks were all in our, so we had to clean the whole house. Daniel's vomit was all over his room, his, his things. And, and so, so we spent a whole day cleaning the house. And then we were very downhearted, uh, getting texts from our daughter. Diana was in the living room. I was in, in my master bedroom. We were just crying out, praying in tongues the whole afternoon. And so evening came. Uh, Deborah was texting us updates. And so this, this 20, 20, 26th of April, we went to the hospital during visiting hours. And just before we went to the Heidi Benson, Deborah texted us saying that, Mom and Dad, please don't be shocked. Daniel is purple. Purple. And so like, I got the text. Diana had not read the text yet. We were two minutes into a high dependency ward. And I said, do I tell my wife? Because she'll be shocked to see him purple. And I said, I, I better tell her because she'll, be, she'll break down. And so I said, dear, she, uh, Daniel is purple in colour. So we went in. It's Tuesday night. And my son was in this ward, double doors. For in case it's infectious or contagious. We go in and he's restrained with, with cloth. He's tied up. He couldn't move. He kept on telling me, Dad, please take off the blanket. It's not a blanket, son. This is rope. Ropes of cloth. You're not, it's not a blanket. And so he was in a daze and, and, and he was purple. His complexion, his skin and all that. And so we were like, as parents, um, what is wrong, you know? Specialist comes in saying that could be meningitis, brain thing, and we were like in such a <laughs> demoralized, right? And I'm praying for him and I went home. See, before that Tuesday, Daniel had been vomiting. And so we thought it was food poisoning. And, and all his dinners prior to that was not eaten. So it was in the fridge. So that night, the three of us, De- Deborah, Dinah, and I, went home and so discouraged, had, not, had no appetite. So we opened the fridge to see what, what's, what's in the three dinners there, all Daniel's dinners for the past three nights, had not eaten. So we had a very depressing dinner that night. Leftover food and trying to encourage each other. Of course, my wife 
send out messages to all of you and thank you for praying for our son last year. And the whole church was praying and praying for... And so that, that night, on, I, we slept, all very downhearted. I went to my daughter's room before I slept, prayed together with her in tongues again for healing, for deliverance, for breakthrough. And that night, uh, on, on Wednesday morning, 3.45, I got up. I couldn't sleep anymore. It began interceding again. Kept on praying, God, maybe take my play, uh, I'll take my son's place. Can you send me and, and take him out? You know, I'm willing to exchange. God doesn't work that way, of course. He's a gracious father. But that was how I felt as a father. And so that morning, um, Dr. Combs, 8 a.m., saying, likely it's not meningitis. Not sure what, what it is. So we're waiting for the visiting hours. We rush in again. We go in. And as we go in that day on Wednesday, the doctor comes in again. It's confirmed. Last test came in, not meningitis. But three other possibilities. Legionnaire's disease and two other things. We're saying, should I be happy? what? And, and this time, the, the ropes are off. Now he's sitting up having lunch. Deborah calls from the office and then, and then she's shocked that he's sitting up now, having a conversation with her. And, and throughout that, that whole week, we could see, we came that night again, and Daniel now was standing up, having his dinner. And then asking, hey, can we bring, bring battery for me? Must my phone low, low battery, you know? So we start, okay, he's probably okay already, you know? And then that night, Deborah comes, they have a quarrel, and then we don't, like, he's definitely fine already. <laughs> so we are praying for miracles. We are praying for God to, to work in a special way. We are asking God, intercede. We call it the saints to pray. Like James 5.16, all of us, many of you prayed for us. And I appreciate that. And on Thursday, he was transferred out to a normal ward. And that week, so three days, life-threatening, and fourth day, he was fine. So I, I thank God for that. So I want to encourage you, brethren, sisters, pray for God to intervene in your life, to intervene in the life of your family members, in, in the life of your friends. And the second thing is let God's Spirit convict us of sin in our lives and bring us into alignment with his desire to see unbelievers being saved. Let God's Spirit kill the sin in our life. Let God's Spirit kill all the deceptive lies in our lives. That we will live godly lives, that people around us will call us to pray for them and to call us to proclaim the gospel to them. And they'll be saved. So I want to encourage you, River Life, act out of expectation. Act out of faith in your lives. Jesus is, say this with me, unstoppable. Unstoppable. And that his work continues through his church. And as a church, the landing is this. Pray for boldness in proclamation. And pray for outpouring of miracles. So that proclamation, declaration leads to salvation. God has not changed and He will release His power. At this point in time, I want to share this song with you. And uh, because we were away, I didn't have time to tell Malcolm in advance. So it's my fault. And I wanted to share this song with you uh, through video. And would you, would you just, uh, re- would just sit down and just um, let this song minister to you? God of Revival. The 
two groups uh, I was praying for you and there's two groups I want to pray for today. The first group are the people here that God is calling you to come into a season of waiting upon Him. God is calling our church actually into a season of waiting upon Him. And God is calling you, the first group, 
into a season of prayer and fasting. Some of you, you're not consistent in walking with the Lord and you've not committed to 21 days of prayer and fasting yet. God is calling you to come into a season of being alone with Him, of coming into His presence, of hearing His voice, of fasting, of worship and prayer, encountering Him. So the first group here, I'm inviting you to join us in the upcoming season of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Revive us, Lord. And there are four calls in this season. Number one, daily prayer. Number two, daily fasting. Number three, nightly prayer and worship. And number four, to participate and join in person for a sermon series on Revive as Lord, both on the service and in the cell. In person. The Lord's calling you to be part of this. Some of you committed last Sunday already, but some have not. In fact, for some, it's the first time you're hearing about this. But God's calling you to be part of this, to seek His face, to encounter Him. So that's the first group. And would you spend some time as I speak to the second group to talk to the Holy Spirit? The second group here, God's calling you in a different way. Last Sunday, you responded to the to the season of prayer and fasting already. So you're in already. You're committed already. You even have the symbol of commitment. But today God's saying to you that He's putting a desire into your hearts of bold proclamation and outpouring of healing and miracles to see salvation. In your heart is a stirring bold proclamation outpouring of miracles and healing to see salvation according to today's revival text God is speaking to you on this point and for some of you He's been talking to you some time already and that this isn't going to just happen overseas in the mission trip it's going to happen like Johnson and Lillian at Giant Tampines at the guest welcome lounge with ping pong players God's calling you to minister and to believe Him for bold proclamation and outpouring of miracles unto salvation. That's the second group. So in a while's time, I'm going to invite you to come and make a commitment at the altar. The first group who are committing to a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting as you give your yes to the Lord, come forward, in a, not right now, but in a while's time, to come forward here in the front, give your yes to the Lord, and then collect a symbol of commitment, which looks like this. So in a while's time, you come forward, not right now. And in a while's time, I'm going to also, I'm going to also ask those of you here, the Lord's talking to you about bold proclamation and outpouring of healing and miracles unto salvation to come forward as well at the same time. Now, for the first group, you will come forward and then you will collect this, um, this um, symbol of commitment and then I'm going to ask you to come and stay on this side of the altar. I'm going to ask for those who are, have the stirring for bold proclamation. Outpouring miracles to stand on this side of the altar. Alright, church, are you ready? Okay, let's all stand together. I'm going to pray for all of you, including the ones here. Could you raise your hands, please? Not benediction. I'm going to pray for you and for myself as a church that the Lord will give us holy boldness to proclaim the gospel. The Lord will proclaim the gospel boldly through us. And the Lord would pour out miracles through us. Proclamation, demonstration, 
salvation is the goal. And this is called revival. Would you raise your hands? Father, as the early church prayed for a bold proclamation of the gospel, as the early church prayed for an outpouring of miracles so that the multitudes could be saved. And Lord, we know so many are sick. So many are without the gospel. And Lord, in the early church, they saw miracles, they saw Jesus, yet they prayed like crazy. Yet they wanted more miracles and more proclamation as bold. We don't see so many. Lord, we get to pray for even more boldness, even more upward miracles, Lord. Because they saw you, Lord. And they saw your miracles, yet they still prayed for more. So Father, we know that you're continuing your work in your church. And so Lord, as the early church prayed, I pray for our people. I pray for myself, Lord, that for bold proclamation of the gospel. Lord, proclaim the gospel, your gospel through us, O Lord. Awaken us, Lord. And pour out miracles so that proclamation and declaration leads to salvation, Lord, of the multitudes. Lord, what what the world needs, what the hurting world needs, is a demonstration and a proclamation so the hurting world will not miss the sign of Jesus. So Father, I pray that I will not be distracted. And Lord, that fill us with your Holy Spirit. Keep us filling us with your presence, Lord. We pray for river lifers, for boldness in proclamation and outpouring of miracles. We'll see multitudes coming to the kingdom. And all of us say, Amen. 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 Maybe you haven't seen before miracles. You saw a video just now. But it's time to see it live. Amen. 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 So now would you raise your hands for benediction? Second round. (laughs) May the grace of our good, good Father who loves us and the love of Jesus and the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to the River Life Podcast. We hope that you've encountered Jesus through the Word. If you'd like to connect with community or find out more about River Life Church, Find us on Facebook, Instagram or head on over to riverlife.org.sg God bless and have a great week ahead.